Thank you so much. Um, we doing okay so far? Great stuff. Great baptisms. Thank you, Sam, Noah, and George. I got most of your names right most of the time. Uh, I think it's a feature of my ministry. And uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Alan. I am the Baptist Minister here at STC. And it is a real privilege to serve you in this way and to serve you uh, by bringing uh, a message from the Scriptures uh, this morning. So uh, we are going to continue this morning with our Lent series of My Father's Heart. My Father's Heart. And we are journeying through the Lord's Prayer, which uh, whether we've been in church for five minutes or whether this is our first time, will probably be familiar words to us. And uh, so today is our last day for that series. Next week is Palm Sunday, as we just heard, 10 o'clock gathering. It's going to be a lot of fun here. And then that will be the start of Holy Week. And uh, we will journey with Jesus uh, through the final days, events of his life, up to Easter Day, where we'll celebrate him raising from the dead and uh, transforming our lives and our existence. And uh, so it's going to be a huge celebration. It's going to be a lot of fun. Over the, la- over the next few weeks. So our reading shortly will be from Matthew 6, verses uh, 9 to 13. But I want to ask a question, and I want to tell a story uh, this morning to kick us off. Okay, and my question is this. What has been your most memorable journey that you've ever been on? What has been the most memorable journey that you've ever been on. Uh, Those of you who have been around the church know that I could tell stories at this moment of uh, cars breaking down on top of mountains. Uh, We once took almost a fluorescent yellow uh, Ford Galaxy up into Scandinavia, which then broke down and died a final death about two weeks after after we got back. We could tell lots of stories about journeys. Um, But the story that I want to tell today is a story from back in 1997 when I was 22 years old. And it was a story about uh, a trip that I took with my dad. Uh, It was the year before I got married. It was the year after I'd come to faith. And I was invited by my dad uh, to join him and a friend from the village, an ex-naval captain and my brother, on a uh, sailing trip. Um, from the UK, the intention was to sail across the Channel and then sail down the western side of France, Uh, popping in, I'm sure, at lots of lovely places and beautiful sunny weather. And as we drove down from from family home in Wiltshire down towards Plymouth, where we were going to pick up our vessel that we were hiring, the skies were leaden. And as we drove down and we drove into Devon, and uh, as we approached Plymouth, it did not get any better. And so we arrived uh, just in the little estuary where the river meets the sea. That was where we were picking up the boat from. And uh, so we unpacked our gear and we stowed it in the boat. Uh, we unpacked the food and we, and we stowed all of that as well. And then we climbed aboard and uh, my father and Captain James, uh, they did things that you do with boats and ropes and sails and made sure that we were all ready to head out into the open seas. And I think because I was the youngest, they said, Oi, you, steer. They gave me a job to do. 
And so uh, as we left the harbour, uh, the wheel was handed to me and, uh, and off we went under leaden skies. And in the estuary, it was a little bit choppy. I was told, just pick a point on the horizon and aim for that. And so we did. And as we head out through to the mouth of the river and as we entered out into open water, the seas got bigger. The wind seemed to get stronger and my brother seemed to get greener and greener and greener. And my dad and James, they're trimming sails. They're playing with rigging, not rigging. I think that that's a pirate ship. I don't know where I've quite gone to. But they're playing with sails and big sails and little sails and, uh, and booms and I'm not a natural sailor. And uh, we head out into uh, in and the boat is just a small vessel. It's riding every wave. It's pitching and it's rolling and it's fouring and it's afting and it's doing other things that I can't possibly <laughs> describe. And uh, all of our stomachs were doing exactly the same thing. Captain James, a uh, naval man, he was absolutely fine. My dad, he was actually doing okay too. My brother, he'd gone a different shade by this time. But I was picking a spot on the horizon and keeping focus as it dived up and down and I was just keeping us straight. So I was doing okay. And then came the fateful moment when Captain James said, it might help your brother if you let him take the wheel. I thought, that would be great, James. Yes, I'm doing okay. Brother, take the wheel. And at that moment, my face turned a rather different shade of green. And uh, I think for a little while, we both managed to keep down uh, the food that we'd had on the way. But there did come a point where neither of us could hold it any longer. And we did feed the fish. And I do remember later on, and I don't know, it probably really wasn't a wise idea, but both of us found ourselves below deck, pitching and rolling and heaving. And I remember both of us, uh, one side lying down on the benches there and just a bucket sliding between us (laughs) as the boat pitched and rolled. There wasn't much in the bucket. I think we'd already emptied ourselves, but I think it was there for comfort. And as the uh, light uh, began to fade and I could hear that the wind had picked up even more, I do remember a moment where I heard my dad uh, exclaim, shall we say, uh, that something, not someone, but something had gone overboard. And uh, I used to swim uh, to, to our hand standard. I thought, I'm 22 years old. I'm a fit young man. I'm probably the best swimmer here amongst all of us. I should probably go and help. And I tried to lift myself off the bench, and I don't think I have felt more sick ever in my entire life. I collapsed back onto the bench, and I remember very little more of that night other than the sound of the wind and the rain and two gentlemen, uh, both retired, uh, battling with the elements. I woke up the following day. We were in Brixham Harbour down in Devon. We'd made it not across the channel. We'd returned <laughs> to one of the biggest natural uh, harbours in the UK where we pulled up. And uh, certainly, I remember also the following day stepping off onto dry land 
which again just didn't stop moving and I don't think for that whole week that the world stopped moving for me. Um, the only thing that I can say that there was a benefit coming out of that time was that on a few years later when I was with my now new bride uh, sailing off the coast of uh, Kenya, I was the only person on the vessel that didn't throw up that day. So some good came out of it. But where we had intended to sail across the channel, I was going to say the ocean, that would have been far too grand, but where we were intending to sail across uh, the channel and, uh, and have a great time on board boat, we ended up back in harbour and none of us felt that we could go any further from that place uh, that week. wonder, what is your most memorable journey ever? Maybe it was on board a boat, maybe it was a train, who knows? Maybe it was a walk that you took. Where did you go? What obstacles did you face? Were there changes of plan that, plans that you endured? Did you discover, like I did, the limits to your capacity? Did you feel that stretching? Who became a hero on that journey for you? Captain James and Dad did on that failed trip to France. And I want you to think of that journey as we continue through the rest of what I'm going to share with us today. We're going to read now from Matthew's Gospel, and it's, verse, it's chapter 6, and it's verses 9 to 13. And as I say, should be familiar words to many of us. Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. And we're focusing, as I say, on lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil today. And so temptation, what is Jesus talking about when he talks about temptation? I'm going to cough, excuse me. It wasn't awkward at all. I don't think anyone noticed. Temptation, we can hear as that desire, that attraction, that allurement to things that we know that are not good for us. Yeah, temptation whether it's that extra slice of cake or whether it's trying to put the phone down and put it to bed before we, long before we go to bed. Things that we know that have a certain draw, certain allurement that we know are things that will just distract us and lead us away from more important things in our lives. And the word here, temptation, does mean that. But it also has that sense of test, of trial, of enduring a tough time of being out in the middle of the ocean undergoing storms a trying time and uh, for those of us that know the scriptures we might remember a time when Jesus in Luke chapter 4 was led by the spirit out into the wilderness to be tempted to be tested by the devil and it's the same word used here lead us not into temptation as Jesus being tested in the desert before he began his ministry. And as we hear that word test, we can easily feel that we're being set up, that it's some kind of examination that we are undergoing, that there is some sort of pass-fail, that we are going to be graded. 
But it's not like that at all. We serve a God who is loving and who is gracious, who is forgiving and merciful. And so the test here, the, the trials that we go through, is more like that journey out in the open seas, the things that are going to come across our path, the storms of life. And so it's not a pass-fail. It's a place where we will discover the obstacles on the road. We will discover how we will cope. We will discover the resources that we have. We may surprise ourselves and discover that there is more to us and more of a rising to the challenge than we ever thought possible. It's where we discover who our friends are, who we might call along the road. It's where we're confronted by our fears and our insecurities. And it's a place where we overcome, discovering our limits. And so on that journey, it is both the mountaintop experience, where we stand on high and we survey our lives and we think, God is good. And there is a peace and there is a contentment and an awe in all that God is doing in our lives. But it is also those moments as we head through the valley and go through the trials and the struggles. But in all of these things, it's about leaving harbour and it's about taking to the open seas and not shrinking back and opting for that place of safety. And of course, as we read scripture, there is story after story after story of journey and of adventure. Last year, we took a look at the story of the exodus of Moses being sent uh, back into Egypt where he'd fled from and how God used him to bring the Israelite nation out of a place of slavery crossing the Red Sea as it parted into the wilderness, journeying for 40 years before finally crossing the Jordan and beginning to take the promised land. But we also see the stories and the journeys of lives lived with God. And so we've got stories like Peter, one of the disciples, the foot-in-mouth fisherman who became the leader of the early church. We see Paul, Pharisee, persecutor of the early church, become the greatest church planter that this world has ever seen. We see the young girl, Mary, betrothed to be married, visited by an angel, her life turned upside down. She carries baby Jesus, nurtures him, sees him grow, sees him begin to wander around and perform miracles. And she's there at his crucifixion and at his death. We see the journey of King David, the shepherd boy, the youngest of many sons, journey through life and become the greatest king that Israel ever saw. Journey after journey. And for each of those characters in Scripture, there are great trials, there are great struggles, there's failures, there's doubt. They're out on the high seas. The storms of life come. They're tossed around. And we see in each of their lives the clinging on to the Father as he journeys and he leads them further on. Each of those stories, unique journeys 
no two the same. And as we sit here this morning and we consider the greatest journey, the most memorable journey of our life, what about the journey of our lives and the things that God has taken us through? What would be on your unique journey? What are the highs? What are the lows? What are the things that God has led you through? You see, for each of us, as we've embarked on our lives, as we've left harbour, as we've gone off through the ups and downs, the trials and the tests of life, it's the places where we've learned about love. It's the places where we've learned about friendship. It's the places where we've learned about honour and shame, victory and defeat, justice, discrimination. It's the place where we've learned about the gifts that God has given to each of us. It's the places where we've learned about the skills and our limitations. It's the places where our hearts have come alive and that we have discovered our passions and the things that maybe don't give us quite so much passion. And through the journey of life, through our infancy, through our childhood, through our days at school, we've grown, we've changed, we've developed, we've become the people that we are today. And for each of us in the room, whether we are 15 or whether we're 55, that journey is not yet finished. I ask today, where do we find ourselves on that journey? Are we full of purpose? Do we know what it is that God has called us to? Are we pursuing the things that he's put across our path? And what I love about days like today with baptism, where we see three people who have given their lives over to Jesus, they have said yes to the adventure that God wants to take them on. They have made a real and conscious choice to say yes to Jesus. To say, not my will, but yours be done. Not the direction and the path that I have mapped out for my life. Not even the course and the path that my parents may have got mapped out for my life. They're saying yes to the places and the spaces, to the experiences, to the open sea that the Lord has for them. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And for each of them, what lies ahead Who knows? But I look forward to being able to see and to watch and to cheer and to champion and to encourage them for whatever it is that God might have for them. What about you? For Helen and I, uh, I became a Christian when I was aged 20, just before I was 21, just before I got very ill on a boat. We've been through the highs and lows. I was at university for a long time. Helen was teaching in secondary school. And we both felt a call to come out from that place. It's different for everybody. I'm not suggesting everyone gets a call to ministry. Goodness me. Left jobs. Joined the church. We've been involved with international communities, reaching out to those Um, from different uh, ethnicities, different backgrounds, the privilege of seeing many people come to faith. We've been involved with families. Uh, We've been involved with communities, with teenagers. Currently trying to uh, build friendships, relationships, relationships, and introduce people on our street to Jesus. 
For me, I've gone from university into church, into ordination. What next? We've already seen two people who are embarking on the next leg of their journey from the staff team. We don't settle. We don't stay in the harbour. We're continuing to look to the open seas and say, Lord, what is it? Confirm the call either to here or into the new thing that you have for us. What about you? And as we have journeyed and for a lot of that time been out on the open seas, we've had the storms of life, marriage, becoming parents, leaving jobs, moving home, We've been through bereavements, broken friendships, accusations, illnesses, injury, a child with a disability. What are the storms that you've encountered along the way? Where do you find yourself as we come out the back end of the pandemic and the events of all of that? I know for us, we've always enjoyed a wonderfully open home. We've had loads of people live with us over the years. Uh, We've had scores of people that have come and have eaten and partied in our house. It's tough at the moment. Even when we've arranged for neighbours to come round, COVID has, uh, for one of us, has meant that that's not quite happened. And it doesn't feel quite so easy. But I'm determined that we won't get stuck in harbour because the Lord has got adventures for each of us over the coming years, wherever they may be, wherever they may take us. What about you? And so when we cry out, lead us not into temptation, we are supposed to be out in the open seas. And we join with that prayer, with the prayer of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane on the night, in the very space where he is about to be betrayed, where he says, Lord, if it is possible, take this cup, take this future away from me. Yet not what I will, but your will be done. We see that in the prayer that Jesus left us. Your kingdom come, your will be done, Lord. This isn't a request to pull us back into the harbour where it's safe. It's a request that in the storms of life, that we might get a day or two of calm. That the wind might be at our back and the sun's on our faces. That we might know the wind of his spirit carrying us into the next thing. That his presence, that his love, that his grace might lead us through those tough times. Your kingdom come. Not as I will, Lord, but as you will. And we know that as we go through the storms of life, that the Bible says, speaks of a refining of our characters, that we are being changed and we are being transformed. Not that God has caused our suffering, but that he will bring good, as we've sung this morning, out of everything that we face. In Isaiah 48, it says this, See, I have refined you, though not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Romans 8, slowly we are being conformed, we are being changed into the image of Christ. 2 Corinthians 3, we all are being transformed into his, God's image, with ever-increasing glory. And sometimes I want to stay in the harbour where it is safe. But God's transforming work is out in the oceans, following his call 
catching the breeze wherever he might lead. So lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We know the evil one in scripture, the accuser, the thief, the deceiver, the one who has come to steal and kill and destroy, to sow fear and doubt, to poke you in your insecurities, to turn you around and send you back where it's safe. And so we say, deliver us from the evil one. We say to our Father in heaven, unmask the enemy's plans. Show us where we have been deceived, where we have been tempted, where we've been drawn away. Because, Father, I believe that for all of us here, you have a great adventure where we will touch lives, where we will see healing, where we will see the transformation of the world in which we live because that's our birthright and that's our call. That's the purpose for which God has called us. Father, unmask the schemes of the enemy. Deliver us, rescue us, yes, but also deliver means to draw to oneself. So in the midst of the storm, it's not pull us back into port where it's safe, but Father, pull us into your intimate presence that we might know your love and your grace for us in this difficult moment. Reveal something of your character. Reveal something of the miracles. Reveal something of what you have for us. Pour out your courage and your strength into our hearts so that we might persevere, that we might stand strong until the end. Deliver us, Lord. Draw us to yourself. And in those times of difficulty, we remember the Lord's Prayer. We say, Abba, Father, draw us close into that intimate embrace. Hallowed be your name. You are holy. You are powerful. In the midst of the storm, you are awesome. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, I want to shrink back, but your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Give us everything we need to get through this day. Give us strength, give us courage, give us grace. Help us to forgive. Keep our relationships strong. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Reveal your power and your glory and your majesty forever and ever. Amen.